Hello and welcome back to the second edition of the draft episode. Today we're going to cover the offense. This is going to be a my guys episode. So we're going to talk about the guys that we really like and we're going to hit on, you know, the top guys at each position as well. So we got receivers, running backs, tight ends, and a couple all linemen we'll sprinkle in there. Show some love to the big guys, but we are going to start Absolutely. We are going to start with receiver and I, I want to do this for each position. Uh, who do you? Who is your wide receiver one in this class? And we'll talk about that first. Good question, or good, uh, yeah, good question. But before you know, we got another LT and Cole podcast going on here. Oh, we love giving it. the people what they want. <laughs> you know, we're covering the draft here for you guys, doing great job. But um, anyway. a lot of scouting, a lot yeah. of scouting, a lot yeah. of hard work yeah. is being put into this. A lot so. of hard work. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my number one guy, I think we agree on this one. Um. I got Zay Flowers just because of his ability to separate from that from the defense, his route running. It's already at such a high level that mm. you really don't even need to coach him to do anything. I feel like more than half of the offense, you can put him in on a slot position or wherever you want him, really, and he'll definitely perform. And uh, I think in this year's draft, he's just he's the safest pick, in my opinion. He's somebody mm. that will go on pretty much any team you want and just he'll put up the numbers that you really need for a rookie. I, I 100%, 100% agree with you. Um, to me, the safest pick, the best receiver, it's not. He's in tier one by himself, in my opinion. He can play X, he can play Z, he can play in the slot. Uh, it, yeah, he's 5'9", um, like 183. Uh, you know, does it? Is it ideal? No. But, I mean, he's not far off from like Tyler Lockett's size. Antonio Brown size, Brandon Cooks size. And my comparison for him would be like right away, I think he's going to be his floor is Brandon Cooks. And if if like Brandon Cooks is consistently one of the most underrated receivers in football. He's a consistent 1000-yard guy. He's a high-end number 2 who you can get away with being your number 1 on a team. If that's your floor as a receiver, that's pretty damn high, right? And and then it's hard not to see when Zay Flowers is running some of those routes, it's hard not to see a little Antonio Brown in him. And he trained with AB, and he does have... This is not a comparison. I'm not saying he's going to put up the numbers AB did, but it's hard not to see in the way he moves a little bit of Antonio Brown. Yeah, you know, it's legit 4-3 speed on tape. He ran a 4-4 at the combine. But to me, on tape, it looks 4-3. Some guys run faster in pads than they do. And 4-4 is not slow by any means at the combine. I mean, that's really good. No. I mean, on tape, on tape, you're like, oh, my God. Let's take the top off the defense every single play. And despite being 5'9", he beats press, he beats uh, physical press corners well. Uh, obviously, sometimes a bigger corner will be able to push him off his track. He is 5'9", 180 at the end of the day. But a thing I look with in smaller receivers is their – their body type, right? I feel like the best small receivers are like super solid, muscly, like balls of muscle. And that's exactly what Zay and Flowers that's, is. That's Zay Flowers. That's, yeah. that's Zay Flowers. He's not, he's not going to be a slot only guy who's too small to get away with playing on the outside. No, he's, he can play physical. And, you know, again, the size isn't ideal. The catch radius isn't ideal. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's the best. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we obviously agree on that. So yeah. the only thing that I saw that I didn't like, he had some focus drops, which I'm not concerned about, but I don't like to see it. You know, he did have, I believe he's one of the few guys in this draft class with over 10% drop rate. 
But I don't think that was a case of he can't catch the ball. It was more like he's trying to take it to the house every time he catches it, and he would look up field a little bit before sometimes for a call. Yeah. And you, you know, go ahead. you see that with a lot of receivers. Yeah. Um, they try to make the move before they catch the ball. Uh, and I mean, I guess that's a coachable thing that you can really. I'm not really sure about that, but um, I still think regardless, he's the number one guy. Um, yeah, it's just getting into the habit of keeping your eyes on the football the whole time. And even then, I think drops are probably the most overrated stat because, again, on the high end, receivers drop 10% of passes. That's one every 10 targets. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't like to see it. You'd like to see that number come down. But I don't think it's a yeah. problem of he, he has hard hands and can't catch. We've seen him make he's ridiculous catches. Like, yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, one, I'll start with one of my guys. Uh, and it's Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, and it, it does you know hurt me to say. I, I love these Ohio State players, and it's, it's, it's not fun as a Michigan fan, but it's hard not to love his tape when you turn it on. He's another guy where when he catches the ball, he's trying to take to the house every time. Now, the difference between him and Zay Flowers is Jackson's a little bit bigger, and he's much slower. That's just the reality of it. It, I, it caps his ceiling, and I don't – listen, he's going to be a slot guy mainly in the NFL. That's just what it is. It's it's not a bad thing, but with Zay, you get the versatility of him being able to play X, Z, in the slot. You have 4-3 speed. You have great route running. You have all that. Jackson is probably the best route runner in the class overall, but sometimes, even if he runs a perfect route – He's not going to have the speed to really pull away from guys and separate as much as Zay Flowers, who when Zay runs a perfect route, he's going to create five yards of separation and be wide open because he's going to, you know, he's going to be flying out of that cut. JSN is a really good short area athlete. His breaks are quick, and that's where that's why he does create separation, but he's not going to run away after that. The corners can catch up to him. And you saw that a lot in, in the open field. He'd have a lot of room to run, and I'm like, well, if this was Zay Flowers, He's going to take that to the house. He'll, and Jackson's getting caught in the open field. But the positives of Jackson are great hands, phenomenal hands. There's no focus drops. The, the, he is locked in on every ball. He's going to make every catch. He, the phenomenal route running, obviously. He can run any route. And after the catch, he, he's really good at making quick, subtle moves to turn you know, a five-yard slant into a first down. Right, that's that's what he's great at. He's not going to take it to the house, but he can turn those quick routes into first downs and move the chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered it uh, everywhere there. He's basically um, pretty much similar to uh, Zay Flowers, but he definitely has the height, obviously. Um, but Zay Flowers still with the separation, like you said. Um, I still think he has to be the number one guy. But somebody who I um, have on my list here for a guy that I like. I have uh, Josh Downs, which might be a little um, interesting for you guys listening, but um, I looked at this guy's tape, and he's just a—he's a really subtle player, but he's effective. You really can't tell by the way that he plays that he can create a lot of separation, but he makes those subtle moves that can really beat the defense, and I—I uh, I really like that from him. I think he'll be a really good slot receiver in the NFL, um, and we've seen it. I mean, I think he's another like Zay Flowers. He's just a pick that you know exactly what you're getting when you draft them. And I can't say that about a lot of other guys in this draft class. Yeah, I, I really do 
like Josh Downs lie. He's he's gonna be a great slot receiver in in the NFL. One stat that like blew my mind, right? He he's five nine. He had mm-hmm. a seventy five percent contested catch rate. Like there, yeah, he's still getting up there. there. There's a certain six three receiver we're gonna talk about later who is not even half that. Not even half. And I mean Josh Downs makes some makes some crazy catch. The catch radius isn't crazy, but his ability to go get the football and make tough catches is is really special for a guy of his size. And yeah, yeah. I mean he's just the difference between him and like Isaiah Flowers is he's not he's really not as physical and he's not as fast. He's gonna be that short area guy, you know, get the he ball. The subtle moves. Yeah, the subtle moves in the short area. He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a monster in the red zone, just making guys uh, making guys miss with little cuts, and uh, you know, uh, being able to make those tough contested catches in tight areas. So he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the most reliable slot receivers and and easy. It, he has such a defined role in the NFL that he, that's what I like. You know, the, mm-hmm. you can you can see exactly how he's gonna be used. That short area, quick guy. You know, maybe not the long speed that you'd like to see of a top end wide receiver one, but you're not drafting him to be a wide receiver one. He's going to come in and fill a spot in a wide receiver room. At at the end of the day, you draft to build rooms and Josh Downs is going to be a really good piece of a wide receiver room. Yeah, that's pretty well said. I think we covered it pretty good there for uh, Mr. Downs. Um, Uh, Yeah, you go next. This is a guy that I think is, being really slept on, and it's mainly because of his injuries. But he he dominated the Senior Bowl this year, and it really made me go look at his tape. and And that's Michael Wilson from Stanford. He would, without the injury concerns, I would have a legitimate, legitimate debate about who would be my wide receiver one, just based off film between him and Zay Flowers. He is six two, two hundred fifteen pounds, a, a really great route runner. So good, similar to Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's a little bit bigger and a little bit faster than than Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? He's a, he's a bigger and faster version of JSN almost. That's kind of how I look at it. You get the route running, you get the sh- the the amazing short area, you know, uh, athleticism, but you also have a little bit more speed and a little bit bigger of a frame. So he's going to be able to hold up on the outside for sure. I have no questions about him playing Z receiver or X receiver, right? Where I do with Smith and Jigba a little bit. The the concern is injuries. He's a fifth year senior and he's barely played football. Barely, barely played. He played four games this year. He missed a ton of time in 2021. He missed the end of 2020. It's hard to project and it's and it's worrying. Like, is this going to be a continuous theme in the NFL? And it, it's hard. This is the only part of draft season I don't like. It's hard to project that because I'm not a doctor. I'm not these NFL teams who have doctors, and I can tell you, oh, the injury thing is nothing to be concerned about. It was a freak thing. I don't know. I really don't. What I can tell you is that on film, the guy is amazing. He makes amazing catches. He he's separates. He's a great route runner. He's good after the catch. He has that mentality after the catch where he's going to catch it and try to take it to the house every time. Even if he's not, he's not, I say he has more speed than Smith and Jimmy. He's still not a burner. He's not going to run by everybody. No. But that's he, not his game either. He doesn't have to play like that. He's in the mold of like Devontae Adams. He's not going to run by necessarily run, run by you, but you know, he's going to separate and he's going to be reliable. And 
you know, I think he has real wide receiver one potential. It's just about it's just about the injuries, man. You gotta stay healthy. Yeah. Um, you told me to watch his film the other day, and uh I really didn't know much about him. I heard the name obviously before, but um he was a guy um when I was looking at his highlights, man, he can just go up and get the ball. I feel like that's something that you really can't teach. Um, same thing with the height. I mean, even more speed than somebody like Jackson. I feel like minus this little injury thing, obviously, we're not sure about what's going on. Um, but you pretty much covered it. I mean, he can be a star. He really, really, he, if he can just. Stay yeah, he really does remind me. Of, and again, these I'm, when I give these comparisons and say they remind me of, I'm not saying he's going to put up the numbers that they did. But he does remind me of Devontae Adams and the way he moves in his skill set. Like that's that's what he reminds me of. And I'll give one for Jackson too. Uh kind of reminiscent of like Cooper Cup a little bit, Jackson Smith and Jigbo. Not the fastest guy, but he's gonna be able to separate. He's a great blocker. You know, in the slot, he's going to be a monster. Like he's going to be a monster in the slot. And uh, you know, hopefully he I'd like to see him develop on the outside too, maybe. A little faster, but actually, I, I do want to hit on this with Jackson too. I know we're backtracking here a little bit, but he's also another guy. He missed this past season with a hamstring injury. You don't like mm. to see that, like that. That's that's concerning. Well, a, a hamstring injury sets you out the whole year. It makes you question, like, you know, is that going to be a problem when he gets to the NFL, or is he going to be fully ready to go? And you really don't know. You can't know as as a person in our shoes, right? Is he yeah. healthy? Who knows? You know, it's it's that's the difficult part about this from an outside perspective. I mean, you're you're not an NFL team. That's enough, it's just something we can't take into account. So uh, yeah, get on to your next guy. I don't want to take up all your time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next up, I mean, this is my last guy. Really, it's a little bit of a stretch, I'll say. But uh, Rasheed Rice is my next guy up here. I feel like he has to be highlighted, talked about a little bit. Um. He could just be a special teams kind of guy, which is really um. It could be possible. I was higher up on him when I uh, a little bit like a couple months ago, I'd say. But um, he's he, you still see in his tape. He has beautiful cuts. He's a pretty shifty guy. But um, just somebody like Josh Downs, I feel like he does everything better. So it's really like obviously in the later rounds, maybe if you want somebody like Rasheed Rice, I'm not sure how you would use him on a team. Some teams can probably find a way to use him as like a slot. I'm not really sure about that, but um. Definitely has to be talked about because he does have the raw skill. I'm just not sure if he can really take it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, my, I we've talked about this before, and I, I really, I don't, I don't see it with Rasheed Rice at all. He's re, to me, he's super unrefined, and I, 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 I guess there's potential. He did test athletically in like the 98th percentile for receivers. And when I was watching on tape, like it didn't really look that way to me. But then he goes to the combine test like that. And I'm like, okay, I, I had he him. I had him you complete. Yeah, I had him completely off my board. And I went. I did put him back on my board because at the end of the day, this is a 98th percentile athlete. So there's got to be someone who can unlock that potential. Exactly. But what yeah, I saw, exactly. he has potential as a route runner, but it, it just looked like he had no idea what he was doing. Uh, there was there was an interception in the first game I watched on film. He's running a curl, and he drifts so far inside that the quarterback threw a perfect ball, and the corner just runs straight, basically runs his route for him and picks it off, and it's a pick six. And I, that's where I was like, okay, 
And then there was like there was multiple drops, which I guess, you know, I guess I, if I'm giving Zay Flowers the the uh, the pass and saying it's a a focus drop thing, then I guess I can give it to Rasheed Rice too because I I, Rasheed Rice did make some ridiculous catches. I mean that when you watch his film, that's kind of the thing that stands out to you. It's like holy shit, that's a highlight play. How did that's a circus catch? But yeah. even then, in the contested situations, it was like thirty-eight percent or something like that, and it was just—I don't know. When I when I I maybe because I saw on Twitter someone like hyping him up, and I was like, okay, maybe this dude's like a sleeper. And I went and watched his film, and I was just like, what am I watching here? And so maybe I maybe I went in with the wrong mindset and didn't get his best game. But uh, yeah, he's just not someone I'm super high on. Uh, but yeah. I, the, the potential is there. The potential is there. I, I'll give you worth, that. Yeah, worth the mention. Um, are you good with receivers? Because I'm good to move on to tight ends if you are. Yeah, there's two guys we want to the, the, the Addison and, and Johnson we wanted to hit on. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, Addison. <laughs> yeah. So uh, these two are uh, kind of ridiculously overrated, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I hate to be negative, but because I do think Addison for sure is going to be a productive NFL wide receiver. But pe- got it, yeah. people put the label on him like he's the wide receiver one in this class, and I'm like, okay, well, let's let's slow down here. We talk about Josh Downs like he's a, a second-round pick, but then we talk about Addison like he can go 12 to the Texans? No, 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 no. They're very similar players, right? They're not elite speed. Uh, they're short area slot guys. That's like what they are. I'd argue that Josh Downs is better because he's better at making contested catches and better in, in just better hands overall. Whereas Addison, he maybe he's a little bit better of a route runner, more refined right now. But Josh Downs flashes like elite change of direction ability that Addison doesn't. I just think Addison is going to be like a, a reliable slot guy. But when I see him mocked in the first round and like, oh, this is going to be the Ravens wide receiver one, or this guy's going to come into the Giants and be a wide receiver. No, 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 no. This yeah, is this I is like this is like a, a, a typical slot guy. Uh, he, he's oh yeah, I see, I see a lot of comparisons to Devonta Smith. Not at all. I mean, wow, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I don't really I don't see the hype around Jordan Addison. I, what are your thoughts on Jordan? He's, yeah, definitely like the social media guy. I feel like. You see Quinn, you see him like everywhere. I feel like when you're like, oh, here's the top receivers. It's always his face up there. Yeah, it's him, really, it's him and Quentin Johnson who we're going to talk about in a second, but go ahead. I'm and like, ahead. here's another guy, like even like Jalen Hyatt. I've been seeing oh a lot of his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really don't understand it, man. Like these guys are being billed as the top guys when we have the, the people that we covered. I feel like they have way higher ceilings. It's just, I don't know. It really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I mean. A guy that has a high ceiling, but I just, I really just don't buy into the hype when I watch him on tape is Quentin Johnston. This is a 6'3, 200-pound receiver who runs 4'3. He gets Julio Jones comparisons. He, he cannot catch the football without using his body. In contested catch situations, he's bad. I mean, in college, he's at like 32%. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think. The problem with these receivers, I don't even know if this is a recent problem, but you see these receivers that are, say, they're tall, but 
you don't even people don't even see how they play anymore. They don't even look at the no, tape. No, no, they no. just see a person's size and they go, "Oh, he's the next Julio Jones." They see Kyle Pitts, they go, "He's the next Rob Gronkowski." Just because he's this big, tall guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's really looking at the real film anymore. Nobody's looking if they pass the eye test. They're literally just looking at their build, and that's how they're that's how they're promoting them. Well, too many. And I'm not really sure if that's how it should go. Yeah, too many people just look at your your size profile and just be like, oh, well, Quentin Johnson has it, so he's Julio Jones. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Julio, 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 watching the play. Julio was 6'4", 220. Johnson's 6'3", 200 pounds. The, Julio was a physical freak dominating at the catch point. Like, dominating at the catch point. Johnston does not do that. Johnston, when he gets the ball on, like, on like sweeps and underneath stuff, yeah, he is four three speed and he he has some shiftiness. He can make guys miss, but people compare him to T Higgins. I'm like T Higgins is the best ball winning receiver in the NFL. Quentin Johnson in in college is at thirty two percent contested catch rate. That's awful. That's yeah. That's that's awful for the NFL, and that's even worse in college. So I, I mean I I really just don't see it. There's so many times where he has a chance after that he could be special after the catch, but his mindset is not like Zay flowers or like JSN where they catch the ball. They're trying to take it to the house. No, uh, Johnson's more worried about making someone miss and making a highlight juke. It's like, dude, just run up field. You have all this open space in front of you and you're trying to slow down and stiff arm somebody like, no, just you're, you have four, three speed. You're wasting your speed, run up the sideline, run up the middle of the field Stop trying to make everyone miss and just take it for a touchdown. And yeah. it's like he, he doesn't catch with his hands, which is the most underrated thing for a receiver. Like catch with your hands, snatch the ball out of the air. It allows you to run after the catch better, puts you in better position. It just, I don't know. I, I People talk about him like he's, you know, the next Julio. And I just, I don't buy it. Yeah. And it's even just, even people saying that he's the lock number one guy. Oh, I don't see it. It's just like, I don't know, man. Show Zay Flowers. Show these other guys. Show Josh Downs. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Obviously, props to him. He's still a great receiver. He'll probably do good in the NFL. That's the thing. Like, I, I do. It's like it's like how I felt about Traylon Burks last year. It's like I think he's going to be productive, but in but this hype of like, oh, he's going to be the next Julio. Like, what are we talking no. about? Like, you shouldn't put that on any rookie who was ever coming up. Like anybody, there's nobody. Nobody's worth that comparison, right? It's like you know? it's like the the play style comp- comparisons are so bad sometimes. Yeah. It gets these guys overdrafted, and it's just like no these these guys have roles that are real in the NFL. But if you're drafting this guy to be your wide receiver one and your ball winner, like he's not going to work out. That's just, it's just not the reality working. of it. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean. That's really all we want to touch on our receiver. So we'll move on to my favorite position, tight end. This is a loaded tight end class. I mean, we could we could sit here and talk about fifteen different guys, but we are going to just talk about our guys. And I'm I'm going to start this one actually. I'm going to talk about my favorite tight end in this class, and that's that's Dalton Kincaid. Mm. I I saved him for you. I saved him just for you. He's like. In that Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey model of tight end, um, uh, I mean, unreal, unreal receiving tight end. 
the contested catch situations, he's unbelievable. Route running, unbelievable. After the catch, he's unbelievable. He's not afraid to throw his body over the middle and make a tough catch in a tight window. He's going to catch anything you throw his way. That's, he's going to catch everything thrown to him. He's going to be a monster in the red zone. He get, he's not the best blocker in the world right now, but he shows effort. He, it's not like he doesn't try. Where some there are there's another guy who is deemed baby Gronk in this class who, you know, when you turn on the film and you see him half ass blocking and really not sloppy technique blocking, and you're like, okay, well, at least Kincaid is giving effort. You know? He has I think he has potential as a blocker. But yeah. the receiving is just too good. And I I feel like People are are kind of pushed away from receiving tight ends because you see, you know, guys like um, I'm trying to think like like Noah Fant who didn't work out and Eric Ebron who didn't work out, OJ Howard who didn't work out. But a lot of that is because coaches tr- try to take these guys and play them as an inline tight end and not use them right and try to be uh, like if he lands with a with a coach like you know I, I imagine. Anyone that comes from like the Andy Reid tree or, you know, like Doug Peterson, how he used Engram, any coach who knows his role, I, he could, uh, by his second year, be a top, top flight tight end in the class. But if he, he can, yeah, but you absolutely. know, if they do what the Falcons did with Kyle Pitts and it's like Arthur Smith, you know, not going to get the ball in his hands, then yeah, tight end's a weird position, man, because it's like, a lot of these guys aren't really used in college offenses, and then they get in the NFL, and coaches try to put them in a bigger role. And so, tight end's a tough position to project to the NFL. They usually take a while to work out, but we're seeing Definitely. we're seeing a lot of these receiving tight ends, you know, like Njoku and Engram, on their second contracts, they're working out, or on their second team, they're working out. Once you get them with a coach that knows what they're doing, they're going to work out. And Kincaid has special, special talent, special, special talent. Yeah. I uh, I let you basically cover him. I agree with everything you said, I'd say. But um, here's a guy that I feel like he's not really being talked about enough just because of the games that he missed. This guy has only played like, I believe he only played like two games last season. It's uh, Luke Musgrave. But um, he's a guy who reminds me of um, Kincaid, but not really. He's a little, he's a lot more raw, I should say. Um. He's a 6'6", you know, 250-pound guy. He's not really the guy who's going to block for you, though, but he's got that raw size, the raw athleticism. And uh, from what I've seen, he has very uh, small highlight reel, Just, but it's because of his injuries, I guess you could say. But um, he's uh, he's very athletic. He knows how to get open. And uh, something that's kind of a little uh, alarming to me, I should say, is uh, he go- he goes down really easy. For somebody who's like 6'6", 250 pounds. Yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of plays of him just like completely trucking people. And when you have that size, you have to you you really do. You need to be like that. Yeah. But um just the amount of games that he's played, I feel like he's a really raw prospect and people aren't talking about him enough as they should. I still feel like this kid has a lot of uh just raw ability. And I think with the yeah. right coach, he can really if he stays healthy, I think they can put it out on the field and Make him a pretty decent starter in the NFL. Yeah, him and uh, him and Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion are two guys that really intrigued me. 
but they're just so raw for exactly. It's um, hard to say where they'll even get drafted. They're, they're both big body tight receiving tight ends, right? They're they're both mm-hmm. kind of freak athletes in, in that sense. Um, and they have like kind of like Jimmy Graham ish com- comparison is a guy like a bigger tight end who can move and is a receiver. They're they're really not gonna do any blocking for you. Uh, they just don't have that leverage advantage. They don't have like they're just. If they're not good at it now, they're both 23. They're probably not going to be good at it in the NFL. Because at the end of the day, sometimes blocking, it's like bigger guy, bigger tight ends can block, but a lot of times you either got it or you don't with bigger tight ends, and they they seem to not have it. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe in pass protection they'll be better, but just as run blockers, probably not. Too raw. It's just too I raw. I don't know. Yeah. The uh, only thing that they'll be good at out there is just going out getting the catches, maybe getting some yards after. But um, this puts this brings us to our next tight end, um, Sam Laporta. Hmm. I also see as somebody who's like this athletic build. I think he probably can block a little better than the yeah, other two we mentioned. definitely, definitely. But um, 20 broken tackles this season, which is insane. Beast. Um, complete opposite of what uh, Luke Musgrave was doing with uh, – Yeah. My, where did he go to – where did Musgrave or- come from? Oregon State. Or- Oregon State, that's yeah. right. Which is also another program which you can't really utilize somebody to their max ability. They're not really running plays for tight ends to really that's, show them yeah. what they got. That's so, a lot of these college offenses, they just don't use their tight ends like they should. And it's frustrating exactly. to watch sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. uh quarterback, your your tight end on a seam is wide open down the middle of the field and you just never. don't throw it to him. Yeah, <laughs> it like, never happens. That's why that's why I feel like when they get to the NFL, it takes a while for them to produce because it's like they're not used yeah. to being used the way that they should be. Exactly. So I think in the terms of just raw talent, this draft class has plenty of guys that are just Absolutely. complete. There's just these big guys that can go out. They're athletic. They can make that aggressive catch, and they can get you yards after. We got some quick guys too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sam Laporta, uh, I, Sam I really, Laporta. to me, is the second best tight end in the class. Um. Yeah, probably, probably second. I debate between I debate between him and the next guy I'm going to talk about. But uh, Sam Laporta, first of all, from Iowa, Iowa tight ends. I mean, it's just like that's one of the work. Them and Notre Dame tight end universities. Uh, but Laporta is in some ways similar to Kincaid, where he's that receiving tight end. Except I think he's a better blocker than Kincaid. I don't think he's quite as dominant at the catch point. He's not going to catch everything like Kincaid. Kincaid's a ridiculous freak when it comes to catching every single ball that is thrown his way, not giving a shit about getting hit. Um, You know, Kincaid's a freak in that way. Laporta's not that, but what he is is a monster after the catch. He is a really good route runner. Uh, He has solid hands when he's open. Uh, Again, not going to make the crazy contested catches. Blocking is really good. I think probably the most underrated blocking tight end in the class is Sam Laporta. He's really refined. Yeah. He's super polished. He was used, which is huge for tight ends. A thing that I like to see from tight ends in college is usage. Because a lot of the guys that take longer to produce in the NFL were guys that weren't used in college. Laporta has been one of the most productive tight ends in college football over the last three years. He's a junior. He's coming out now. I love to see that. I think he's probably the safest pick at tight end. Plug and play. Any system, any team, you you plug Sam Laporta in, you're getting a solid tight end. I think from day one in the NFL, 
he's a top 15 tight end in the NFL. He's going to be yeah. legit. He is the safest floor of anyone in the class. And I, I, I really don't understand why he's not getting more buzz in a tight end class that is so good, right? You hear about Michael Mayer. You hear about Kincaid. You hear about Darnell Washington. Laporta, to me, is the safest pick of all of them. He, he Plug and play anywhere, any system, he's going to be great. Next yeah. guy is Darnell Washington. And this guy's a freak. He could... Now, there's Michael Mayer's nickname, Baby Gronk. No, this guy's Baby Gronk. Uh, talk, about, talk about a physical freak. A guy that is going to be a great pass blocker for, uh, as a tight end. He's a, he's a great run blocker, especially in space. I mean, going, getting out there and running over corners on like outside zone runs. After the catch, he's a monster. He has room to develop and be more consistent with his hands. He's not going to ever be like the greatest route runner in the world, but he maybe maybe I'm wrong in that because he does show a little bit of wiggle after the catch sometimes. Uh, so I think he has potential in that area, and he has the highest ceiling of anyone in the class. Right? He could be a receiver, a dominant blocker. He's going to be one of the best blockers right away when he steps into the NFL at the tight end position. Yeah. Um, uh, people that say he's like an, 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 an another tackle on the field, probably pushing it a little bit. He's not. A lot of people think he should add thirty pounds to play tackle. He's not that good at blocking. Uh, he's great for a tight end, but he's not. <laughs> he couldn't play tackle. Um, but this guy's a freak. I mean, his combine workout was insane. Uh, I believe he ran like the second fastest forty. He had a ridiculous three cone. Um, his the only thing that was underwhelming about his combine was like the explosive scores, like his vertical and broad jump. Um, which I believe he ran like a 4.59 for the 40. Which yeah, is like, I, I think that was, I do, I think that was the second fastest time in the class. It's definitely um, up there. Yeah. yeah, I think him and Musgrave had the, had the fastest times in the class. Yeah, those um, are just two, like, um, definitely, like you said, uh, or no, is not well, actually. Oh, it was the fastest time was Zach Koontz from Old Dominion. Then it was um, Washington and, and, and uh, uh, Oregon State. Musgrave. Musgrave. Th- those were the three fastest guys, which is crazy because they're six, seven, like each of them, like uh, yeah. Washington's like 270, but uh, Musgrave. So much raw talent this year. A lot of raw talent. Tonight. A lot of guys that are safe and going to be good tight end twos in the mm-hmm. league. Um, Washington is kind of the freak, highest ceiling guy, but. To me, I think the two best right now are Laporta and Kincaid. Um, yeah. And then do you have anything? Definitely. Um, just that even like the way that he can break tackles, he's like a, a monster after a the catch. He And the yards after the catch, I mean, everything. Monsters. You even got the blocking from him. I mean, it's a safe pick. Like you said, top 15 in the league, probably day right one. Yeah. I, not ridiculous at all to say. Um, I have no concerns with Laporta like I do Kincaid, where if he gets with a coach that doesn't know what he's doing, he's not he's going to use him in a weird way, right? Like he, Laporta, this guy can work any kind of offense. Any so offense, put him on any, he can perform absolutely. And uh, yeah. there's there's a lot of guys like uh, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, Brenton Strange from Penn State, um, Luke Wiley from Cincinnati, another guy that was underused in college, probably going to be better pro. Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. I mean, there's, we could talk about 15 different guys here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think 
I think right now I would rank them. All, okay, Michael Mayer. We have to talk about Michael Mayer because this was like the consensus tight end one for a long time. Everyone's big on him, yeah. I, I I think he's going to be good in the NFL. I, I have no – it's like it's like with Jordan Addison. He's not going to be bad. He's going to be good. He's going to be a good player in the NFL. But this yeah, idea absolutely. that he's like supposed to be a top 10 pick and he's just ama- – like he's going to be – And it's not – this isn't the player's fault also. No. This is just people like – I don't know if they're trying to push a narrative, if they're trying to buy tickets maybe yeah. for the team. Awesome. I really don't know what it is, but every year I feel like we have five guys that are the next the next Jerry Rice. We got the next, you know, we have the next like, it's the next Calvin Johnson next year. You know, it's always somebody. Although so, ne- next year there really might be the next yeah, Calvin Johnson we, with Marvin Harrison. <laughs> we really might have the next Calvin we, Johnson next year. Bro. I would agree with that, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but for the most part, you never see it work out for these guys. Yeah, but it's not their yeah. fault. I mean, but, um, too many times, too many times, the prospect is is deemed generational. Like Kyle Hamilton yeah. last year, like no, he wasn't. It's um, being handed out like it's nothing now. It's it's pretty sad. The, the term gets thrown out a lot. Like <laughs> it's generational. I hear that generational talent. I hear too much. It, it seems like it's every year, and uh, you know. Maybe we we'll, don't see it here, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, sometimes. It's, it's it's not. I feel like this year we do have a lot of talent, though. A lot of talent, but I wouldn't call anyone generational. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't see it. But, I don't know. But yeah, Michael Mayer was underwhelming just because I, I went in hearing everyone say he's easily tight end one. Uh, to me, he's not. He's slow. He's the most overrated blocker in in the class. I'm not saying he's bad. He's He's good, but it's poor effort a lot of times. Maybe he's just bored because he's better than everyone. Um, he's a solid route runner. He has amazing hands. He's gonna catch everything that's thrown his way, similar to Kincaid. But he doesn't. He's not a dynamic athlete or dynamic route runner. He's gonna be a, a solid tight end. That's just what he is. He, yeah. He looks like if you were to build a tight end in a lab, like that's <laughs> is you kind of get mayor if you just. If you just build your ideal tight end, he's kind of like an old school tight end, right? Like what you'd yeah, see in the eighties, what you'd Definitely. see in the eighties. But the, the baby Gronk nickname has gone a little it's, too far. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I mean, they give a nickname for everybody now. I feel like yeah. sometimes they really don't need it, yeah. and it just does it does a lot of harm for the player because he doesn't want that nickname. And I feel like a lot of people are looking at him yeah. now like the next Rob Gronkowski when he just he isn't that. And I hate when I have to come on here and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's overrated. It's not his fault. <laughs> no, it's people's fault. It's people around us. Yeah, and then and then I get then I get deemed a hater, you know, like like with Jason oh, Tatum, I get can, deemed a hater. We can talk about that for a while. <laughs> but uh, that's a whole different episode. Yeah, let's let's move on to running back. And we're going to start with uh, another guy that's been deemed generational, which I, I, and I, I really oh, yeah. hate doing this because I don't think he is. Uh, is Bijan Robinson? Hmm. He is a phenomenal player. He is he is so so good, but he is not generational. <laughs> he is not it's being um, handed out like it's nothing nowadays. Uh, it's ridiculous. He is a two hundred twenty pound guy who has an insane range of motion for someone his size, hmm. though. Some I mean, his ability to make people miss is yeah. ridiculous. Especially for somebody his size. I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely... Yeah, I mean, he's... he's what, I think he measured like 5'11", 5, 220 5, 20 ish so Yeah, it's not really height. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not talking about height. But you don't need... You don't want no, to yeah. be taller. He's not Derrick Henry. We're not saying... But it's that wish. He's that, a, that 
power. He's a physical. Yeah. He's he's a physical guy. He's a specimen. But the the only thing that, I mean, we could talk about everything he does well this whole time, and uh, he There's, does he does everything well except he just doesn't have that elite breakaway speed. Which when yeah. when I'm I'm a sucker for speed, um, I just am. I don't know. That's just what I, I like to see it. Uh, As a running back, especially like at running back. Yeah, you know I I love the Saquon Barkley's Ezekiel. When people say he's generational, I just go immediately. Did you watch Saquon and Ezekiel Elliott in college? I know, and it would be talked <laughs> about so much more if he truly was generational. That's why I feel like it's being handed out too much. Like, you saw Saquon's highlight at oh Penn State. Oh my god! You literally think he's Jesus in football cleats. I mean, you know, and and Zeke at Ohio State. I mean. Uh, that's a whole different. Yeah, you're right. Unbelievable. I mean, breakaway speed, man. Breakaway speed. They could do everything that Bijan did, and they had four three speed. It's like, oh well, well yeah, that's generational. Uh, Barry Sanders that's is generational. Right. Absolutely. Bijan right. is not quite that, but he's going to be awesome. He's going to be an awesome, awesome he's player. Be a good running back. He's going yeah. to be an awesome player. And there have been guys drafted in the first round that, in, as running backs, I didn't agree with, and. This is a guy I would take in the first round as a running back. He's going like the Eagles. The Eagles should take him at ten. They sh- yeah. They should take him at ten. Oh, they, they don't that. have any holes in their team. Really, you are trying to win a Super Bowl next year. The Eagles should take him at ten. Run to the table with the pick. Give it to the commissioner, Bijan Robinson at ten. I promise you, Howie, you don't need to draft. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. and play him at right guard next year. That is not going to be more impactful than drafting Bijan. It's just not. Can you imagine the RPO game with Bijan and Jalen Hurts? I mean, that's- exactly. He fits. He fits perfect with that scheme. And I really think. I mean, I would be ecstatic he if could, I was an Eagles fan. He could also legitimately play slot receiver for them. Like he is that yeah. good at receiver. Like not outside, but as a slot receiver. Like he can legit run routes and make catches down the field. He, he's not mm-hmm. like Austin Eckler, where it's like catch a screen, catch screens all game. And no, he can get in the slot and run routes like a receiver. Like that—that's another thing that's special about Bijan, and he's awesome. But a guy I want to talk about is actually his backup running back, uh, Roshan Johnson at Texas. Mm. He is so solid. Such—he's a great pass protector. He's su- he's such a physical hard runner. He's gonna come into the league and he has a role. He is a third down back that's gonna pass protect and can catch some balls in the flat. And he's gonna be a power back around the goal line. I-, I-, I love guys who I can see a defined role with in the NFL, especially at running back. Right? He's not he's not necessarily gonna be your bell cow. Well, he he could be right. He can fill in and play that role. But oh, absolutely. I don't think he's rawly talented enough where you want him to be your bell cow. But you put him with the Chargers, pair him with Austin Eckler out there. I know Austin Eckler's probably going to be traded, but like, yeah. if you put him with a, ba- a back that like can catch passes and is like a speedster, and you have Roshan Johnson next to him, that's like the perfect one-two punch, similar mm-hmm. to like Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift in in Detroit, right? I mean, it's he's just such a solid guy. Um, does like all the little things well, like the pass protecting, you know, catching balls in the flat, being reliable for a quarterback, running, hitting the right hole every time. He doesn't try to do too much. 
Mm-hmm. If if your starting running back goes down, I trust him to fill in for a couple games and and be yeah. a bell cow and fill in that role. And uh, you know, I I think he's a guy that's flying under the radar simply because Bijan's a teammate and Bijan's a superstar, right? He's one of those guys, yeah. Like when you draft him, you know exactly what you're gonna get. And I feel like that's that's some of the that's one of the best picks you can possibly have. Like that's just a safe pick. Um, somebody that you can have as a backup. You can trust starting. Um, he'll just put his head down and get to work. And that's exactly the type of guy that you want on a team. Yeah. Um, here's somebody that I like. We both have our boy Deuce Vaughn. We're gonna talk about <laughs> him later. Um, we both we, we like. But um, here's somebody, Kendra Miller. Um, I feel like even when he was brought like from high school, he was always just an underrated guy. I believe it said he was a two-star recruit in high school. But um, he can just. He can really pound the rock. He breaks tackles. But here's another thing. He's got that breakaway speed, which is so important for a running back. It's more important as a running back than a tight end, as a receiver. If you're that running back and you can't get that breakaway speed, once you get past the linebacker, you can't just accelerate. You're not going to – I mean, look at Jay Ajayi. Remember him? Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be this strong guy, but he couldn't break away, and that's why he didn't last in the NFL long. Um you need that breakaway speed nowadays in the NFL, the way that the run game's going. And Ken, uh, Kendra Miller is definitely one of those guys that I can see just pounding that rock right up the gut, getting past the linebackers and just zooming. Yeah, man. There's, there's, uh, there's some fun running backs to watch in this class, like some real speeds, speedsters. Tajay Spears, Jameer Gibbs, obviously out of Alabama. Um, of course, yeah. You're, you're running back, running back's one of those positions. It's like, I, I you just need that speed though. That's all I'm trying I, to say. I, I personally like. I love speed. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I love. You need it at running back. You need someone on your roster that can that can break away. That's going to be a threat when the ball's in his hands to score. I love guys that they just need one touch to put the ball in the end zone. Not necessarily mm-hmm. on a pass or a run. Anything like, you know. So I mean I I really value that so I, I'm always higher on speedsters and you know running back such an odd position to evaluate and scout because so much of it matters about where you land as mm-hmm. a, as a running back more than I'd like everything is scheme dependent at the end of the day like everything's important with where you land most of the running backs I feel like especially in offense obviously besides quarterback but running back especially it's like if you're, if you're, first of all, if you're stuck behind guys on the depth chart, you're never going to play. Second of all, because you, you really only have one back on the field ever. So it's like, you know, it, that, that, it's not like receiver O line, right? There's five O linemen. There's sometimes there's, there's three tight end sets. There's spread offenses with five receivers on the field. Running backs, you're really only going to see one, maybe two sometimes in special packages. Um, so there's that, and there's also like, if you just get behind a shitty old line, you're not going to do anything anyway. So it doesn't matter. So you, yeah. you be the greatest back in the world. You, you're behind a shit old line, and some guys are going to be better at making guys miss than others. But you know, at the end of the day, without a good old line, it doesn't even matter. So that's the only thing I don't like about scouting running backs. Because so, another thing, like sometimes they get too caught up in like. And like, oh, this guy's a great O line, and he looks better because of it. And this guy doesn't have a great O line. It's it's hard to evaluate in that way. So, yeah. I, I, if I had to self scout myself, this is not my best position. Um, 
Yeah, that's fair. But like, like we're saying with generational talent, especially with running backs, like you got Saquon Barkley. I felt like wherever he went, he's going to be that difference maker. Yeah. I don't see that with anybody, any running backs in this draft. So like you said, it's really hard to see who's really going to thrive without seeing what team they're on right now. Yeah. But um, somebody that I'm going to be rooting for the most mm. in this entire too, draft, man. Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> I mean, what is there not to like about this guy? He's a short king. I mean, come on. This dude got speed for days. Uh, he reminds me of like a young Maurice Jones Drew. Mm. You know, he can just move like nobody. And he even got some, he's underrated with his power aspect. He can low, like he can get low and put down a hit sometimes if yeah. he has to as well. Um, he's so really fun to watch. Like, I know, man. Just, I just pray that he goes to the right team that will utilize him. And I will be his biggest fan in the NFL. I really hope he goes somewhere and has an actual role because it's so fun to watch a 5'5", 180-pound dude. Just I mean, like, it's awesome. He's, by the way, like if he was like 5'11", 215, if he was Bijan size and had all the skills he did, that would be a generational running back. I think, yeah, that's not ridiculous. He, his vision is unbelievable. His feet are unbelievable. I mean, he's so obviously good. It's just like he is five five one eighty. So it's like it exactly. is, it matters. Like anyone that's that, what makes him likable too. I yeah. feel like that's why I'm rooting for him. I it's hope so. He it's so fun to watch. I didn't have. I don't think I had more fun watching any player in this draft than I did Deuce Vaughn. It was absolutely. It was almost hilarious to see him like make like be so small. And there was one play. There was one play I believe when. I don't remember who they were playing. It was some team in a blue uniform. He made like this six-five linebacker miss so bad, and it is like a foot shorter than him. So it was literally the like he like juked him out, and his head is at like his hip, and it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. The linebacker completely fell on his face, and I was I was just that's when I was like, oh my god, this guy's like he's he's hilarious to watch. Fun to watch, but like at the same time, you got to be like, damn, this guy is like really he's good. good. He's really yeah. good. Like he knows how to run the ball. Yeah, I, I really hope he goes somewhere and has an actual role because it would be, it'd be pretty fun. Any any team that drafts him, their fans are gonna love him. Their fans yeah. are going to love him. He's a huge fan favorite. Wherever he goes, he's gonna be the fan favorite. That's for sure. And he's he's a ridiculously hard worker. I saw some videos of of him doing his private workouts and him talking, and he is yeah, he runs like his life depends on he it. He is dedicated to to that. To football, man, and mm -hmm. that, you just said it. Like I love guys that run, like Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Kansas yeah, City ring exactly. back. He runs like Andy Reid's gonna cut him if he doesn't get a first down every run. Like it, it reminds me of Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, and he's just like he's one of those guys. He's he's running like his life depends on it, and I love that out of running backs. It's just one of yeah, running backs that just have like the fuck you, I'm gonna run through you, and yeah. you know have that nasty mentality of like. I don't give a shit if you're in front of me. I'm going to run through you or make you miss and get the first down every time. I love mm -hmm. that. I love it. It's so fun to watch. And that's who you want to root for. And that's exactly the kind of guy Deuce Vaughn is. And yeah. I'm a fan already, but I really hope that he can do something in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Jameer Gibbs and Tajay Spears are both electric players. Both mm -hmm. another fun watch. Both really fast guys that are going to be complimentary backs in the NFL. There's not much more to say on them. Or really any other other running back in this draft class. Zach Charbonnet out of uh, 
UCLA actually is another guy. I'm not as high on him as some people. He kind of reminds me of Najee Harris. And my biggest problem with Najee was always he's big, but he doesn't run big. Kind of like yeah, he kind of like a little kind of like if if you were doing a receiver comparison, it's like how you know Quentin Johnson and DK Metcalf don't play to their size, right? Like Najee and Zach Charbonnet, they're sometimes it's like run through the guy in front of you. You're you're too big, too strong not to. Why are you trying to make this guy miss and be a east to west runner? Be a north to south runner and just run through people, man. You're too yeah. you're too big not to. A lot of people, like especially in the NFL, they just don't realize their size, and that's like Najee Harris. I feel like that's his biggest mm. thing. If he just like if he just really just sat there and he like even just lowered his shoulder, he doesn't have to make those bullshit moves. Just go into somebody, yeah. lower your shoulder, get those yards. My biggest problem, Najee, has always been like he's trying to dance behind the line, and it's just like, dude, you're too big. Just hit the hole and go. Like <laughs> dancing, especially in the NFL, that never works. Yeah. All right, on to on to the offensive line. We're gonna talk about a couple tackles here. Um, I only got one guy on my radar for the. I feel like it's a pretty weak. Yeah, I'm not. Guy. It's there's not much depth. There's not many guys I look at that you know. I mean, I guess in the two safest picks, in my opinion, um, would be Anton Harrison and Peter Skaronski. Um, Anton, the left tackle, Oklahoma. He's just such a refined pass blocker at such a young age. Uh, I don't, maybe not the crazy upside that like Paris Johnson Jr. or Broderick Jones have, uh, or Matthew Bergeron have, but just a surefire, you know, going to be a good pass protector in the league. A little reminiscent of Charles Cross last year. But, and then another guy, Peter Skronsky, who's going to be a safe pick at guard or tackle. I think he's probably an all pro guard, uh, a, a Pro Bowl tackle. Um, Reminds me of Joe Tooney a little bit. But the, the tackle that intrigues me the most is Paris Johnson Jr. Out of, of Ohio State. And he reminds me a lot of Andrew Thomas coming out of Georgia, where, you know, he, he was a great... He, he dominated in college, but he dominated doing the wrong things, which is concerning. And he's probably yeah. going to have a, a, a rough rookie year like Thomas had, but he's too much of a freak where I can't imagine him figuring it out. And, you know, a lot of people question his play strength. I don't necessarily question that because I see him I see him be dominant in the run game at times. I just think it's how he uses his body. He's not always, like, his punches sometimes miss. He hugs a lot in pass protection, which is hard to get a good anchor like that. I just think his technique has a lot of work to do. Yeah, um, I, pre- I agree with everything you said there. His footwork definitely... Um, that's the number one thing. But I feel like when you have that raw power, you've been playing offensive line your whole life, basically. Um, once you get to the pros, those coaches can really help you out with your footwork. Um, we've seen it many times with these raw offensive line prospects. Um, a lot of them just have that power and not really the the footwork to go with it to like take these steps back, you know, to pull, to do whatever. And Paris is a but, freak um, on his feet. Like that's what yeah. he's, he's a freak. So like I I don't think that's a problem at all. So uh, I think he's the number one guy. That's all I really have on my radar here yeah. with a pretty weak class. I would probably if I if I like I mean I I guess I, it's hard for me to rank them because with with O lineman I like have the debate between upside and and 
what you are right now, I feel like it's the hardest yeah. because Anton Harrison to me is better right now than Paris, but Paris's ceiling is like ridiculous. Like Andrew Thomas yeah. is, is a top three yeah. pack on the league. And mm-hmm. like Skaronsky, I think, moves inside the guard in the NFL. Um so he I mean it's a it's a it's not a great offensive line class. There's some centers I like, Joe Tittman, John Michael Smith, John Michael Schmitz, some guards in later rounds like uh Chandler Zavala, Antonio Maffi. Uh, there, there's some guys in this class, Juice Scruggs. Um so I the O line class as a whole, I think, is weaker than most years. I think you're gonna see not even that it's weak. I think it's just like not really sure where to put these players. Like if they can be dominant, if they're just going to be yeah. backups, it's it's hard to really place them. Yeah, it's it's a usually O line's been pretty strong the past few years, and this is one of those years where I think people are trying to push guys up the board where they probably shouldn't be. Um, yeah, and I get it because O line's important, but you know. There, I, I'm not an expert on O-line play by any means. Um, it's, That's a little bit more my forte, I think. Yeah, but, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not. I know what to look for. I really, I, I know like the basics of it, and uh, I'm learning more about O-line play, and I think I have a pretty good grasp on this year's class, and there, there are definitely some guys that I like. You know, um, Paris is one of them. Skronsky's one of them. Anton Harrison's one of them. Uh, Dewan Jones and Darnell Wright at right tackle are guys that intrigue me. Both like pretty massive human beings that are super strong. And um, the only thing I question with Darnell Wright is Tennessee's offense was weird. He didn't really he didn't really get asked to pass block in true pass sets as much as you'd like to see. And his outside shoulder didn't get tested as much because Hennon Hooker just caught every snap and stood still. Like, he got no depth in his drops at all. So it's like, he never really got tested to his outside shoulder. So That whole team, that whole Tennessee team, man, I don't know. They're, they're just man. a weird team, man. It just, it, it works in college, but that scheme just doesn't translate to the NFL. And it makes me, it's like weird to watch on film. Their, their splits with the receivers are weird. It's like, Jalen Hyatt, like, never had to face yeah, press exactly. coverage. <laughs> it makes uh, you question all the players that are coming out of Tennessee, too, which is well, it's like, shitty. Can, can you, can you run? Reality. But it matters. It's like, can you run an NFL offense? It's like, do you it know? Will you know what to do? It's definitely real. It's a real thing, and it matters. Uh, so, yeah, I think that about does it for this episode. Uh, we're going so. to do defense next time, and that's the part I'm really excited for. I think the defensive yeah. side of the ball – in this year's class, at D-line and corner, especially. My God, is their talent. We got a stacked corner draft. Oh, I, I, got, I, got, uh, I got some corners I love in this class. Like, absolutely love in this class. And some big men on the D-line that I love. And that oh, this yeah. corner, corner and D-line are my, are my forte on defense. I, I, I love, love... Corner might be my favorite position to watch. It, so when, I got, when a corner just has that... DB mentality. Oh, it's fun to watch. But, Talking uh, trash. We'll get in the oh receiver's my God. head. I love, I love it. it. I love it. But uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. And uh, peace. Stay tuned.